Joining us on the Sprint special guest line is David Locke. Sprint is the network built for Unlimited with great deals on great devices every day. Visit the local Sprint store near you. David, I, I was telling Austin about this. I, the Ricky Rubio comments and the the comments about how he's not a priority for the Jazz during the offseason and then what Ru- Ricky Rubio would like for the future, I don't necessarily see these as explosive comments or eye-opening or anything like that. What... What was your reaction, I guess, when you read them, saw them, heard them? Well, my first reaction is exactly what Austin said, which is I don't know how to translate, and so I'm nervous on taking other people's information based on translation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was really my first reaction. I get, you know, you're dealing with languages and tones, and so I, I don't know exactly you know, how Ricky said it, and I couldn't hear, the, you know, so I'm very, and I know Ricky pretty well, so Ricky's a pretty considerate guy. We saw at the All-Star break that his feelings, you know, got hurt, and he was upset, and, you know, the irony of that was that they didn't trade him, um, and yet he was upset. So uh, I think the, you know, I thought the more interesting quote out of that was Ricky's comment that he wants to be the leader on a team that's progressing deep into the playoffs. And I love the fact that Ricky wants that, but I think that's the big question on Ricky is, is Ricky's game one that is good enough right. to lead a team deep into the playoffs? And, you know, can you be as limited as he is in his offensive shot-making and shot-creation and still, with all of his other intangibles being positive, be a good enough point guard to lead you deep in the playoffs? I thought that was a far more telling comment right. of where he thinks he is as a player, and I love him for that. Like, that's great. Um, but I, I don't know if it's true. Right. And that, that's what I kept thinking. A player should want that. That's what all players want. So I wasn't, like, taken back by it, surprised, like, oh, how dare he? I just thought, okay, here's a player who wants to be a key piece on it, a, a key leader on it. I mean, I want to go to dinner with Halle Berry. Right. So I, I don't think there's I don't anything. Know if that's wrong of me to want that. Right, but there's nothing. I do think it's closer to being a point guard of a deep playoff run than you are to go to dinner with Halle Berry. <laughs> I think my wife would agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm just sitting there going, oh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. You're welcome to go to dinner with Halle Berry. Yeah. I think the Jazz wanted Ricky Rubio to be a key piece of this team that could lead them deeper into the playoffs for a championship run. I think the Jazz wanted him to be better than what he's ever been in his career so that this would be a no discussion. In any situation involving a deal like this, the Jazz would like this to be a no-brainer that he was a priority because he would get them where they want to go. At the end of the day, as you're talking about, you're not so sure it's there, and the answer is the Jazz are not so sure it's there. So it should be no surprise that he's not a priority for the offseason. Why would he be? Right. And there are some people who are probably pretty certain whether it's there or not. Fair. Yes. Uh, so all, all that being said, I do want to get your reaction to what's going on in, the, in these NBA Finals. Game one, I thought there was a lot of overreaction to the Raptors winning. Game two, I feel like I'm overreacting to the Warriors winning. <laughs> Where's the truth here? Is this the Warriors are just so much better and it's a matter of health that's holding them back a little bit? Or is this actually going to be a slug-it-out seven-game series? So from a basketball standpoint, when this series started, I actually liked the Raptors. Hmm. I remember um, you saying that, yeah. So I, 
I thought I liked the Raptors because they're a better transition team than the Warriors, so if the game goes up and down, I actually thought they were more athletic and that would be a better they're they were in transition more and more efficient than the Warriors during the regular season. I liked the Raptors because I thought without Durant, um, if it got into a half court mid half court game that Kawhi Leonard might be able to make plays to match that of what the Warriors had in their roster. And I liked the Raptors because of the fact that they had multiple bodies to send at Clay Thompson. And when Kevin Durant's out, Clay Thompson's the one you've got to take away. Um, now that I've seen two games, the only things that have changed on that are the fact that the Raptors don't have somebody to go at Steph Curry and they can hide Steph Curry on Danny Green uh, is a really big quandary for the Raptors Mm -hmm. because it means that Nick Nurse during that 2018-0 run pulled Danny Green and brought in Fred Van Vliet because he wanted a better offense player, but Fred Van Vliet's not that good. I know he was last series, but he's not that good. And so now you're pulling Danny Green, who's a pretty good shooter and a great defender, and can cost Clay Thompson, and you've just gotten really small in the backcourt just because you're trying to attack Steph Curry. I I don't think that's a good choice, but not having someone to attack Steph Curry is a real problem. The second one is, and I'm probably biased on this because of the way the Jazz play the Warriors, but the Jazz' entire game plan against the Warriors is to try to make them take unassisted twos. And I've seen that be relatively successful. The Raptors are trapping and boxing, wanting, and doing all these wacky defenses. And it means that the Warriors assisted every field goal of the second half. And I think, like, what, 28 of 32 for the game or something crazy? And that means the Warriors are playing. That's who the Warriors are. When they're all touching and they're all moving, then their flow's going, and then their defense kicks in, and then they speed you up. And I, that those two factors are very to, to the are overriding right now. But I just think it's a great basketball series at this point. Like I don't like it's not a blowout either way. I think it could still go six or seven. You know, cliche heart of a champion back to the. But there's something to it, right? You just couldn't really ever beat the Bulls and. Elijah won in the Rockets back-to-back heart of a champion, and we're seeing the same thing with these Warriors. They just have a little extra something to them that's pretty special. No, there's no doubt. An 18 nothing run was unbelievable. Um, I thought there was a lot made about the Warriors' final possession and the way the Raptors defended them. I, I thought the right decision was defensively pressuring the ball, not letting the Warriors just run down the clock, uh, uh, forcing the ball out of Steph's hands, nearly getting a steal. At the end of the day, I thought Siakam leaked a little early and they were in scramble mode to get back. Someone was left open. Uh, what were your thoughts about kind of the way that the Raptors played that situation? If I got my timing right, I think the math is they should have fouled. Um, I just, for whatever reason, the league, because of lack of timeouts, I think the league's gone away from fouling, which is really nice for all of us that are watching. Mm-hmm. I mean, remember Jerry Sloan used to like start fouling with like two minutes left in games. Um, and we're not doing that anymore. And it's good, but in that case, I probably think the asset. The part of that play that jumps out to me the most, and this is kind of the essence of the Warriors championship, is the pass 
that Sean Livingston gets before it goes to Iguodala for the three. Yeah. That, that, Kawhi Leonard looks like he should steal it. The same way Eric Gordon looks like he should have stole the pass in game five in that series and probably would have turned that entire series. And the fact that so that's to me just where the Warriors are just a little different. They just something about that moment and that time Sean Livingston went twice now in the playoffs and caught passes that he not caught. It sounds so basic, but he went to the ball, he created the play, he he, he just got Skyle and thirteen year veteran or whatever it is, but that's that's what separates teams. Yeah. How would Donovan Mitchell benefit from playing in the FIBA World Cup if that comes to be? Um, I think playing in with the best players in the world is good. I mean, we did this whole thing with Gordon when he got the thing, and so how much did that lead to then Gordon's massive offseason of work? Um, you know, I think it's all I, – I, I think any of that is good. Uh, I think you're better off playing in that setting than a pickup game at the University of Louisville, right? That's like your other choice or a run in L.A. So it seems as though that should be the right, a better thing. Um, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I really don't know. Do we overplay it and make it sound good? Is it bad? Like, are you, does it make you scared because he's interacting with all his players and forming his next dream team? Like, I, I think we can o- – you know, if Donovan's going to be great, Donovan's going to be great regardless of where he and what he spends his time with. So I would just say what an incredible honor for an individual to wear the country's uniform and be able to play in those games. And um, and I think hopefully something rubs off on him while he's there. Any other fun trips you have set for the rest of the year? Because as you know, we're going to be back at it before you know it. Yeah, I don't know the dates on the FIBA World Cup. I haven't followed it this year. I'm not as tuned in as I should be. Uh, I think it's in August, but I'd have to check it myself as okay. well. I think it's I mean, the middle of August. There's a little bit too. Oh, um, here it is, August 31 through September 15. Oh, a little later than I thought, actually. Yeah. So that's probably good. Um, it means he doesn't join the team right after Labor Day like most of the players do, but it means he's playing, and if it was July 15th to the 30th, then all of a sudden you get in this weird thing where you've got a peak performance in the late July and then you've got a month of kind of, I don't know what you're doing before you kind of get back into it again, and that's right. probably not as good. So the late the late date is probably better for him that he's got to get ready for that, and then he does that, he's ready, you give him a week off, and then he's ready to go. Hmm. Okay. Good point. I like it. David, thanks a ton for joining us as always on Mondays, man. Really appreciate you. This is clear. I want to make this clear. I made that last part, like, totally up. I have no sports science background. I mean, I stayed in the Holiday Inn Express, but like, I have no sports science background at all. So that was total crap. But, I just made that whole thing up. But you're closer to having you're, you're you have more like, sports science credibility than I have to date Halle Berry. So we're, that's true, still true. But if Aaron or Mike Elliott's driving around town and listening to me right now, I'm so full of crap, and I'm calling myself on it. So Isaiah Wright or or, or, or the Mayor Nixon or Doug Burrell or any of our support staff that's so incredible, if any of them are listening right now, I'm willing to just call out that I just made that up 100%, had no basis for fact on it, and just pretended. 
and I'm just admitting it. <laughs> Takes a big man to do so. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. See you. <laughs> Bye. See you, man. David Locke joins us every single Monday.